It is the Nico and Chris Bears postgame wrap-up podcast show featuring Nico and Chris on Monday Night Football. I'm Nico. And I'm Chris. And your Chicago Bears not just defeat the New England Patriots, but embarrass them by a final score of 33-14. to 14. Nico, holy fucking shit. Was anybody expecting this outcome? I certainly wasn't. Um, not... not <laughs> Um, the Bears. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I picked the I picked the pa- Patriots in our f- confidence pool um, that you and I both, uh, you know, uh, work every uh, you know do every week. Yes, and in your defense, the Bears have not inspired much confidence this year. And in that first half, with Bailey Zappi coming in and throwing two quick touchdowns within four minutes, they wouldn't have inspired any confidence in anyone. I'm repeating myself, but folks, a tale of two halves never meant more than this. I I will take a step. I will take that a step further. I think the Bears played their most complete game all season because here's the breakdown quarter by quarter: ten points for the Bears, a goose egg for the Patriots. Second quarter, yeah, ten points for the half. They smoked them. Ten points for the Bears, fourteen for the Patriots. So end of quarter. Two. I'll eat my words. I'll say uh, that one scary moment. Those four minutes was it because the Bears answered right after that. The first two Bailey Zappi drives, they had no answer for them because they were prepared for Mac Jones. Then all of a sudden, unlike Bears teams in the past who would have a couple good drives, and don't get me wrong, they looked bad when the momentum was starting to shift back towards the Patriots. In the past, though... They did blow a turnover. You could count games. There's a mess of games, piles of games, where the Bears don't really have momentum, but they had a good footing at first. The second they lose momentum, they lose the game. They don't play as competitive anymore. Today, the team that wasn't as talented won the game. The team that was better coached, I think, won the game today. And to speak to your comment on momentum, all but four minutes of this game belong to the Chicago Bears. Because look at the look at the second half, scoreless for the Patriots. Bears Bears uh, outscored thirteen twenty three to zero run. That's it. And and you want to talk turnovers? We mentioned turnovers. Brisker, Gordon. Smith. Smith, yep, and you know what? I saw a lot of fight even after they had the lead. We've also seen that with Bears teams before, where they get the lead, they take the pedal off the metal for a bit. They were hitting dudes at the end. Not even just the Smith, the blindside hit by Pinnell Jr. That um, special teams play. I want to say after that, when the Bears, uh, I think the Bears scored a touchdown. Montgomery scored that touchdown on the ensuing kickoff. The Bears hit. The Bears got the kickoff. The guy catches it, and the dude basically gives him a full line clothesline from like old school WWE oh, style, and sick. knocks him down. And I mean, took his ass out. Fight, resiliency. I've been saying they've been leading the league in resiliency all season so far. Tonight was the first night where they never felt like they were ever out of it. Even when I got that bad feeling in my stomach when they put Zappy in and they scored so quickly, I did. But all of a sudden, they just they just went back to their game. They played the def. They went. They changed their defense up very quickly, and they didn't let what happens to what um what normally happens to the Bears in these types of games. They didn't let it break them apart. They just said, "Okay, we just have a new wrinkle we have to iron out," and they did it. They fucking did it. 
update. I'm sorry. I'm excited, guys. You should be. And you mentioned they lead the league in resiliency, which is an intangible. And I agree with you 100%. But an actual statistic they lead the league in, Mr. Roquan Smith, the god, 77 tackles, first in the NFL. He added 11 today, plus a sack and a takeaway. I, I really, really... Especially after the, and I mean, the the Commanders game, you can really put on, it was a Thursday game. You know, it's really hard to prepare for those games and be good, because we've noticed this year, a lot of the Thursday night games have been really bad to watch. Even last week's game, while it was high scoring, I mean, the Saints suck, especially when they have Andy Dalton as their starter, who threw two or three pick sixes last week. Um, and that Bears-Commanders game had the first touchdown in two weeks. The game before that had zero. Had zero. No, yeah, no, and I mean, but with 10 days off, the Bears actually prepared really well. They decided to put Lucas Patrick in at center. He gets hurt. They put Musfer in. And, you know, yeah, it wasn't pretty at times, but it has been pretty all year. The fact that they went into New England, it's the difference. Yeah, they beat Bill Belichick for the first time since, I think, 2000. The fact that they still went to New England and won against Bill Belichick, in reality, everything was against the Bears. Three-game losing streak. Their offense is, mutter, is sputtering. Justin Fields almost looks like he's not had, not doesn't look like he has any confidence. But what I saw today was a team that said, fuck all that, that we're not... Here's what I saw today. I saw a team that said, we're not defined by a three-game losing streak. We're not defined by our losing pass this season. We're the Bears on Monday night tonight. We it's also an- saw Cole Komet step up in a huge He had a day. couple good catches. Khalil Herbert was on fire tonight. My boy DeMont doing with DeMont things. Yeah, DeMont. Lo- my God, yeah. what a game. Don't care Don't care how many yards per carry the man has. He's going to fight for those yards per carry. Khalil Herbert, great game. Dante Pettis had a couple nice catches. Mooney, Great the f- punt return, too. Oh, God. Mooney, the few catches he got? Yes, great. Justin? Honestly, anything Mooney missed tonight, and we talked about this during the game, he has admitted to overrunning routes. He didn't mm-hmm. overrun shit tonight. There he were a couple good. of overthrown balls because yeah. of pressure. Mm-hmm. Fields looked like a world beater tonight. Speaking, it was impressive. Speaking of pressure... Fields caught the blitz, threw the ball underneath the defender, and found his open man and made a positive play out of it. He made a lot of positive plays today where in the past six games, he was, or five games, sorry, this no, wait, no, no, six games, I was right. He's been a little shaky. Right, this would be game seven, which puts the Bears at three and four, the same record as the Green Bay Packers. Uh, right now, I we mean. suck balls. Look, it's okay after tonight, you're gonna. Everyone's gonna have fun tomorrow. We're all gonna be talking mad shit because I know I fucking will be. Um, I'll be. I'll be strutting into work all day, every stop. Everyone's gonna be like, "You okay?" I'm like, "Bears won." Um, it's okay because you know what? It's you're seeing a little bit of the work finally come through. And I know we said. I know I said it myself personally during the 49ers game when they were down, but they came back. Today was the first game. All season and in years, I would say years, where the Bears, even when it felt like they lost control, they never gave up. We only saw a couple of really sloppy plays from Justin Fields. There was one where he held on to it for too mm-hmm. long. He took a sack when he could have thrown it away. And there was one where he held the ball out just a few seconds too long for my taste. I, right. 
if the wrong defensive player were to come in at the wrong time and swatted that ball inbounds, that would have been a huge turnover at the 25-yard line. But he, he managed to get out to right. his credit. But at the same time, that's not a play you have to make. He should right. have tucked it and maybe fell down. Right. And I mean, yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, there are some plays that he could have done a little bit better. But for the most part, he played a really good game. And I think the Bears had a really good game plan for this Patriots defense. They're good. They're pretty good defense for the most part. This is still a night a decently coached team. The difference is is that it's not Brady anymore picking up Belichick's mistakes. That's the difference. What we're seeing now is that without Tom Brady doing all the Tom Brady stuff, Bill Belichick is back to being a pretty okay coach. He was an under 500 coach before Tom Brady, and right now I think he's I think he's hovering just around 500 without him again. Now, is that to say the the win is less impressive? Absolutely no. not. No, no, no. And I would I would actually question where someone comes in with that because I think the Bears were not favored in this at all. I believe the line was eight and a half points before that game time. Yeah, you had however many fans fit into Gillette Stadium. I don't know. It was like thirteen or fourteen fans screaming for Bailey Zappi. And when he came in, he was impressive for four and a half minutes. And the Bears defense shut him the fuck down. It was as loud as a Molly Hatchet concert when he came in there. Which like 35 decibels. It yeah, was crazy. It was, no, but they were. They were loud. They were disruptive. The Bears looked like they weren't in, in, in control. Then that all changed. They didn't give up. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep going back to this. The game plan was good. They executed the game plan well. The defense never lost themselves. They played really well. The special teams played well. The offense played well. Right. That and comes after down to that second touchdown. They slowed the tempo down just enough to take the fans out of the game before the half. I, that I, is huge. I hate to say it. Comes down to their leader, and Matt Eberflus has so far proven that this team doesn't give up on itself. And I said it a few no, weeks. Win or lose. Win or lose. And I said With it. With the exception of the Green Bay game, the games have been close. Right. And I think I might have said it a few weeks ago. This is still not a good team. They're 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 tatering still towards bad to mediocre. I, I'm gonna say decent. They're, they're decent enough. But they're decent and they believe in themselves, and that is scary. Next week they play Dallas. Dallas is not gonna be a hard an, an easy win if they I mean it won't even be an easy loss because that front four, that front seven is nasty good. But you take the momentum on a short week, you try to make the best out of it. They beat the Lions yesterday, but last week they got beat by a really good team in the Philadelphia Eagles, the Cowboys did. Let's see how they played to there. Because for a little bit, the Cowboys weren't playing that great against the Lions. They were losing six to three. Granted, not the greatest, you know, not, not not something you sneer at and you go like, well, they can't come back from this. It's an easy game. I loved the way the Bears played tonight. I never I did feel queasy when they scored those two touchdowns as quickly as they did. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna sit here and say, I mean, I'm you know, it's kind of like you learn those bad behaviors as you grow up, right? This is what you learn as a Bears fan. The second you exactly. see the, sw- the swing shift, you Once know. Once they lose the lead, you're like, well, that's this fucking well, team for you. Exactly. But I just kept seeing a team that just like, okay, we're just going to, we have to go back out there. We have to execute. Uh, my brother just sent me the quote from Troy Aikman, the post game on ESPN. Troy Aikman said it. You don't get third down conversions. You don't win many games. The Bears converted on third down, and they had a lot the of Packers third down learned that ball. lesson this week. Yeah, I, did, I, not to talk too much shit. The Packers had zero third down conversions. They had two that, penalties that led to a first down. Yes. That was it. And 
look at I mean I mean you know what for weeks everyone has said Fields has no weapons and today he made the best with what he had and I think he's tried to make the best with what he's had all season when you look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers and again I'm not trying to like point out who's better who's worse whatever well, they're a division rival but I they're mean, a division you, you rival have to draw parallels between that because they're, they're going to face each other again right and you know in, you know a couple two three years they might be facing them in the playoffs We've only seen it once or twice, but... Aaron Rodgers did not train with his team. In the team. NFC Championship game, I mean. Right, yeah. God, that would be sick if they did if they beat him in that. Um, Aaron, 2010 revenge. Yep. Aaron Rodgers did not practice with his team this offseason, was not part of many camps, decided to show up whenever he wanted to show up, and then he didn't fight to keep his man. DMT. Yeah, and Ayahuasca. Stupid haircuts. He decided he'd rather he, he could he could live without his best weapon in Devontae Adams. And look at where the Packers are now. They are struggling. They are struggle bus at the moment for where they are. The Vikings are the best team in this division in the NFC North. But the Packers are struggling to score. And it starts from the top. Their leader did not put their guy held hold their guy accountable. And now it's gonna start to trickle down. Don't get me wrong. It's the Roethlisberger effect. They could still turn around and have like a 10-7 and 7 season and eke their way into the playoffs. But does anybody really believe in this Packers team? No. And I'm not saying anybody has to believe in this Bears team. But you can watch the Bears tonight and say, I see, I see fight. Again, starts with the leader. Starts with Matt Eberflus. That fucking matters. Last year, Matt Nagy, this team would have struggled to try to come back. And I mean the last four seasons, too, because... My biggest complaint on Nagy was it never felt like there was a complete game plan. It never felt like the coaching mattered to what happened on the field. Today, we've seen it all season again. It matters. This coaching staff works fucking hard. And it shows on the players, the way the players play. I remember you called it, this is a long time ago, I'm going on the Wayback Machine, first game of the... Pew, 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 pew. This is the Wayback Machine, brought to you by Dude Wipes. And Timex. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Cinemax. It, I mean, she had a butt face, but those breasts were immaculate. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Lord of the G-Strings, tonight at 11 p.m. on Cinemax. 17-year-old <laughs> Nico, watch that. Um... And 19-year-old Nico and 22-year-old and Nico. And 40-year-old Chris. <laughs> um, go back to 2014, the opening game of the season. The Bears lose to the Buffalo Bills pretty lousily. It's a close game, but they lose anyways. And you were sitting on the couch. It was Tressman's second and final season with the Bears. And you said, you're like, God, this team is nothing but quitters. You said it first game of the season, and I didn't want to believe you. I really didn't want to believe you. I'm like, no, man, don't figure it out. Just shut up. And that team that team had given up on Tressman from minute one of kickoff of that game. That team that team put their fucking mouth on the exhaust pipe and just took the biggest huff. They went full opening scene of Midsommar. <laughs> You're not seeing that with this team. No. And, and you saw it towards the end of Nagy's regime, and. Nobody on that team will admit it because they're professionals and it's not their job to admit it. But they just did not give a flying fuck what that guy said because he had the t- he had the entire game scripted in his head. I don't. Know, I, I don't want to keep jumping on the Nagy thing because I it's do, ancient history. I do for the parallels, but only because right. to, yeah, to draw comparison. Mm-hmm. Parallels, like you said. Yeah, whatever. Parallelograms. The thing with Nagy is that if everything he had in his head 100% didn't work, he was flustered. 
He's like, oh, I can't believe that play that took nine fucking seconds to develop didn't work because the quarterback got sacked in second two of the play. Let's try it again. I, I, we're gonna try it until it works. I have to. Eberflus, he has such a mind for adjustments for this kind of thing. I'm not, I'm not saying he's a guru. I'm not saying he's no. an expert. This is his first shot at the crown, and we talked about this earlier in the show. He's doing it fearlessly. Right now, I just don't. I see a guy who sees the whole, like he's seeing the whole game. He lets his coaches coach. He's got a good. Right now, he's got a good hand on the team. The team plays for him. I mean, we saw that in the preseason. The team played for him, but that's preseason. Guys are trying to win jobs. This and that. I again, I go back to the clothesline tackle at the very end, towards the end of the game on the kickoff. And they more or less had the game in hand. We're four quarters deep, and they're still knocking dudes out. I love that mentality. I love that fight. This is football. You want to hit guys. You want to make guys pay for showing up on the field. I remember hearing guys used to say, you know, when you um, Matt Bowen, who's a really good football analyst, he said the way he called plays against the commanders, not not Matt Eberflus himself, but Alan Williams, the defensive coordinator, he goes, that's Matt Eberflus to me. He's like, he will punish you. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, Leslie Jordan uh, passed away. Yeah. yeah, Rest in peace, Leslie Jordan. He was, uh, I seen him on a couple comedies. He was always funny to me. Um, he was really funny on American Horror Story. One, one of the only oh, highlights yeah. of the season he was on Roanoke. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of people loved him on that season. I couldn't stomach much more of American Horror Story after the second It season. was literally just him. Yeah, I, I couldn't really stand that show after season one. Um, Anywho, to get back, I, I want to. I use the word fearless, and I didn't mean fearless as in he's he's going above and beyond what needs to be done to win football games. No. I mean he he understands that the expectations of this team are low right now, mm-hmm. and he's taking chances. There was a big bomb on first and ten tonight. We haven't seen that in years. I know, probably yeah, not they, since oh six or oh seven. Yeah, there, there's a there's a definite attitude. To this team right now, the conservative play calling of the past is shifting towards what the NFL is now. I love the game plan. I love the design runs from Luke Getzey. I felt the running game, the the Bears' running game, is their best asset. And so, even when they stuffed it, yeah, some of those fields' design runs were fucking incredible. Even when the Patriots stuffed it left and right, Luke Getzey kept going back. Which were few and far between, by the way. Right, didn't watch the game, but he didn't. He didn't give up. In years past, the second the run didn't work, that was it. The run was over for this team. They knew the way to beat the Patriots is to and the way to beat a lot of NFL teams. Stay balanced. Stay with your attack. Stay with what works best. The first game of the season, the Bears still ran it thirty times, even though they didn't get a lot of run yardage. But why did they run it? They still have to set a play action. If they can fake to the defense that a run is coming and the defense is going to bite on a run, then your play action passing will work. Like an NFL offense has to work. There's a difference. I exactly. think it, was, it seems so basic when you say it out loud, but hey, you try to run it twice, it doesn't work. You fake the run on that third time, maybe Mooney's open nine yards down the field, and he gets three yards after the catch, and it's a first down. It, it seems so simple to say it, but it is so effective. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's something that Nagy just didn't have a mind for because everything had to be a big play or it had to be a gadget. Oh, yeah, the Dante Pettis end around, the sweep end around. That was a save. Oh, that 20 was awesome. Yards. Um, unofficially, because I'm sure some of these field runs will be called scrambles and not design runs. Unofficially, it is 45 runs tonight for the Bears offense. Total? I mean, that's about where they should be. 45 runs, 21 pass plays. When you have a quarterback plays. like Fields, mm-hmm. and when you have a, a running back one like Montgomery, mm-hmm. and a backup like Khalil Herbert, and even when when they want to get the rookie involved. I mean, 
Ebner, yep, Ebner, who had a couple runs. But look at Herbert and Montgomery, both rushed for 62 yards apiece. Uh, Montgomery had a few extra touches. Yeah, I mean, five yards for Herbert, 4.1 for Montgomery. The run game works. Stick with the run game. He's not giving up, and, and gets he's not giving up on that. And Montgomery had a score. Yep, and Fields had a score, too. He had the first score of the game. They're not giving up on the things that works just because it's not working in the moment. You still have to stick with your plan. You still have to stick with what you do best. This team's not a great aerial team. So fucking pound it in the trenches. Make the other team pay. Make them tired. A good run game will tire out a good defense, too. That came up during the game. Uh, They had one good catch from Darnell Mooney, but we pointed out he had to stop and plant his feet and wait for the ball to come to him. That's not going to be an effective aerial decision. No. Not over and over again. No. But you know what? Tom Brady... You don't have that right now. Tom Brady made a living on those throws, too. And, you know, I I love how... He always had the receivers that could get it. Not not right away. I think a lot of people forget that once that Randy Moss season happened, that's when they started becoming a vertical passer. Remember those first three New England championships? Strong defense, good run game, dink and dunk pass, pass offense. They didn't really stretch the field on a lot of passes. There was a... I remember... It was the, the the Super Bowl where they beat the Eagles. I remember teams were actually ridiculing the the Patriots for their dink and dunk pass uh, game, as opposed to Andy Reid's pass game, which stretched the field. Everyone's like, "Well, I mean, how can the Patriots assume to beat the Eagles if they can't stretch the field like the Eagles can on offense?" They did it anyways. I think you You don't have to if you're getting four yards on the run and six yards on the pass. Fucking thank you. If you know how to effectively get first downs, that's what fucking matters. And if you could turn those first downs into six points... You sound like Dave Grohl right now. Do I? Just all the fuckings are throwing I'm sorry. I I don't want to be compared to Dave Grohl. No, no, no. no, no, I I would not uh, ever (laughs) assuage that Nico shares the same ideology as Dave Grohl. And don't ever assume that. I'm just trying to drive a fact. And I, I think now that they've made $60 billion on those two tribute shows, we can lay the Foo Fighters to rest, because fuck that band. Yeah, you don't want to get me started on that. Yeah, moving on. Oh, God, we are all, all 12 of you. I assume two of you are Foo Fighters fans. <laughs> We're going to catch heck for this in the morning. We're going to get one angry tweet. He's so good. <laughs> don't you see anything? Taylor Hawkins just pissed away. <laughs> Go ahead, please. What did he pass away from? Poor heart health from a miserable touring schedule. Yeah. Imposed by... Yeah, yeah. I digress. We'll stop there. And yeah. Somebody had to do amphetamines and cocaine to stay awake for touring. I just, uh... Anyway. Hey, Brad Wilk, I hope you're not listening. Even though you support Joe Rogan. That's fucking weird to me. Uh, anywho. So the dink and dunk passing works. Look, the, the 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 49ers went to a Super Bowl based on that kind of pass attack. They had a great defense, followed by an efficient passing game with a hell of a good running game. You can that do Peyton it. Manning Bronco season. Oh my gosh, his arm was fucking. Dead. He didn't have an arm. Remember, remember, Brock Osweiler started four of those games and played pretty well, and then they sat him right away, and he got pissed and went to the Texans, <laughs> and that was his career. He still beat the Bears though twice. Can't. Can't understand how that fucking happened. Um, well, the Bears also lost to Blaine Gabbert when he started for the Niners. And that one game where they played against, uh, who was it, the backup for the Packers that one time? Brent Hudley or something like oh, that? Oh, God. God, that game sucked ass. That was all John Fox losses, so fuck him and fuck him forever. Um, 
And, and the horse I, I tell you guys, I can't believe they fucking made Taylor Hawkins tour. Uh, he said he was so tired. That was John Fox. It's all a problem. Uh, well, you know, when you don't have players on the field, you can't. Kevin White, by the way, had a sighting on Thursday night. Had a 60-yard uh, catch. Almost ran in for the touchdown. Almost. He was still through three yards short. <laughs> yeah, who won that game? Uh, the Cardinals did. <laughs> um, so, no, what what my point is, is that you have a plan, you execute it properly. That's what the Bears did tonight. They executed their plans properly. They never fell behind, even when if they did adjust when they did and they had to. You never felt, I mean, I, I'm not going to say feel, but obviously the men on that sideline, the team on that sideline is not the team of years past. It doesn't have the, the leaders of years past. Is a this league fully? It's not. It's not the most talented team, but they are the team that are going to give you the most fight. And right now, gotta like that as a Bears fan. Three and four going into Week uh, Eight for the Bears. It's a pretty good feeling at the moment. Huge challenge ahead with Dallas. Dallas is going to be tough. There's a with, lot with of a healthy Prescott. And like Nico said, at the top of the show, one of the most fearsome front seven. Their front seven the is. They got Micah Parsons. They got good linebackers. They have decent. Um, they have decent uh, DBs. I mean, it's a team that's uh, and Dan Quinn is an opportunistic defensive coordinator. He will attack, and he's not afraid to attack on any down. So you have to be ready for that. The Bears' next few weeks are going to be tough. Dallas, um, Miami might be a game they could win. Miami's only wins have come with Tua Tagovailoa as a starter. So. You know, if you murder Tua in the first quarter. Yeah, they, they beat Pittsburgh last night by a fearsome score of 16-10. But again, they haven't... 13 of which were scored in the first half. Hey, I had Raheem Mostert on my starting fantasy, and he got me 20 points, so I'm not going to complain. Um, he's he had one. a game. He had a game. But uh, Dallas, Miami, uh, Dallas at Dallas, Miami at Chicago. Bears played Detroit in three weeks. Then they have Atlanta in Atlanta. They go to Atlanta to play Atlanta. Now this is a, when is their fucking bye week? I thought it was week ten. No, it looks. Or are like they the week twelve bye? It is a week. It's week fourteen is our bye. <laughs> Jeez, Louise! I, I thought by week I thought it was eleven, twelve. I thought it was eleven. Probably because it's seventeen games. Wow, we got to go a long way. So Miami uh, at in, yeah, Miami in, uh, at Dallas at home against Miami at home against Detroit on the road against Atlanta on the road against the Jets and the Jets might not be great, but they're playing pretty pretty good right now. Then before the bye, the rematch against the Packers. And if we took today's team against yesterday's Packers team, the Bears win easily. I hope the Bears can keep it together and keep that resiliency up. Keep that because I mean, right now, but it, what's the finish? There's fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen. That's they got to play Minnesota again, Detroit again, Eagles at Bears after Ooh. the bye week, Buffalo at Bears. After the bye week, Detroit and Minnesota. Now, here's what I'll say about the Eagles. Um, the Eagles are the last undefeated team. I believe they're still six and zero. If they, they're undefeated by week, 15, they're not going to be. No, no, no. But I'm not talking about their record. I'm talking about the way they play. They have a fearless. You want to talk about fearless? Their coach 
is fearless and he's got an attitude. Last week they beat the uh, they, last week they, they beat the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Their coach was caught not caught, but he was filmed on the sidelines screaming at the Cowboys sideline. That's game. Fuck you. At the end of four quarters, that team plays with that coach's intensity. And my thing is, not only are they a good team, they're a good team that's badass right now, and that's a scary thing to have now. Once they come to Chicago, they could let the foot off the off the gas just a little bit because they probably have already secured their division. Even though their division is really tough right now, they actually have a you know the Giants are five and one, six and one. the The Cowboys are six and one or six and, or five and two. So it's a tough division. I don't know if the Eagles will take their foot off the gas. And then Buffalo, I still have them kind of penciled in as a Super Bowl, the AFC Super Bowl participant at the moment. Those are two. That could be the Super Bowl. I think that could it's be the Super be Bowl matchup right now. Right now, if, if you pick today, right now, Buffalo, and Buffalo and Philly. And I mean, I like the way both of those teams play. I like the I like the the toughness <laughs> I see out of Philly. I love the way Buffalo plays too. I love the way Josh Allen plays. Their defense is really really good right now, especially with Von Miller. He's just eating up quarterbacks left and right. They're doing a really good job. That's a team I want to see. That was a huge pickup for them and a huge loss for the Rams. Yeah, well, the Rams could use a lot more help just besides Von Miller, but I'm glad they're losing. I still think the NFL gifted Stan Kroenke that Super Bowl to legitimize the move to back to L.A. But that you didn't hear from me. You didn't hear from me. But you did. <laughs> we are fucking just... The Kings are controversy tonight. We got the Dave Grohl takes. We got the L.A. Rams takes. I honestly got to believe that the NFL... I don't want to say fixed, but I honestly got to believe the NFL had that happen for the Rams so they could legitimize the move to L.A. Granted, it doesn't matter. They got their fucking stupid Super Bowl. Stafford has his ring, and he can legitimize his shitty career. And I could sit back and say it was bullshit. What salary cap? They're just being competitive. Did you see? Who was it? I know it's NBA. Did you see? (laughs) <laughs> Do you see what the Golden State Warriors next year, what their cap's going to look like? Go on. The NBA, I think the salary but cap. I'm completely oblivious to this, but I'm just, I, 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 I just know numbers. bubble sports-wise. Right. I apologize for that because I do no, 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 like it's NBA okay. basketball quite a bit. I mean, I just scroll and look at it, but they have $483 committed next year. And I think the salary cap's like 225 in the NBA. <laughs> And then they have to pay the luxury tax on top of it. So I think that's where the four eighty three mil. Four hundred eighty three million dollars. That's with the luxury like $483, tax. Four hundred eighty three dollars, that's not bad. That's not bad. That's a that's a I have almost that much in my savings account. Right. Fuck around. Um Let's go Golden State. Fucking start me. Steph Curry who? Forty ers traded for Christian McCaffrey the other day. And I know Bears fans are trying to like, hey, let's trade for this, let's trade for that. I don't know if they can get away with that kind of thing. The 49ers traded away for. Just real quick before you go, why would you trade for McCaffrey when you've got DeMont? No, no, I'm not. No, but, I mean, but I digress. I mean, for a wide receiver. That's what Bears fans are asking for. Let's trade for, especially the Panthers. They're selling out a lot of people. Let's trade for a wide receiver, a DJ Moore, who's their best wide out. Um, they got four draft picks. Because this team's not ready for a WR1 yet. That's why. Bad, but anyway. I don't think they're going to get rid of any. Look, they traded. The, the, the 49ers traded four draft picks for Christian McCaffrey, who, while I believe is talented, I think is also toast as far as as far as far I'm concerned. He's very injury prone, and they lost their game with him starting. He only so. ran the ball eight times yesterday. 
also his opening pickup was for ten yards. Yes, and the place went fucking nuts. The next one was for seven. Yeah, and he then was, it was eight two and two, and then just I think he went eight two. for thirty eight, and then he caught a couple balls out of the backfield. But with those four draft picks, and they and were both behind Jimmy Garoppolo's dirk. <laughs> with those, am four, I right, Mia Moore? You know what's up. <laughs> with those four draft picks traded, and the first rounders they traded for Trey Lance, and I think they traded for somebody else too. You know the 49ers don't draft until 2026 now. Do you want to be the team without any draft picks the next five years? The Bears have been more or less that for the past two years. Because drafts. of Ryan Pace. Yeah. Because Ryan Pace traded away everything thinking that, you know, this year, no first-round pick because they traded for Justin Fields. And don't get me wrong, Justin Fields could still pan out. It's a lot to give up just to think that your team... I think I'm more of the I'm more of the school of... The more draft picks, the better. If you have a good team of coaches to develop players like the Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots lost tonight. They've proven year after year they can draft guys and develop guys for the most part. Not wide receivers. Or even Green Bay. Even Green Bay for the most part. Their philosophy has been uh, homegrown talent for so long. It's It's a good way to sustain. I mean, look at Kansas City. There's the only only free agent on that starting offense um, besides... I think there's two guys on the offensive line that were free agents. The only other guy in that starting offense, as far as like skill players go, is Juju. They tr- they drafted Kelsey. They drafted Nicole Harmon and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Pat Mahomes. Those guys that matter, those skill players that matter, they drafted and developed them. That still matters. I think you need more draft picks. You can't just trade away the farm hoping that Jimmy Garoppolo can maybe take you to a Super Bowl because you spent all the draft picks hoping Trey Lance could do that for you and you lost him after game two. You know, I think right now where the Bears are, it sucks. You want to see quick success. I want to say hold that off. You want sustained success. I don't want the Bears to have two good winning seasons out of nine. I want them to have eight good winning seasons out of ten. You know what I mean? Wouldn't you rather? I mean, I want to see Justin Fields in the conversation for MVP with the Chicago Bears ten years from now. Every season, that's what I want. You want to hear it every season. You want to hear those things. You want. I want him to have receivers that can catch fifteen balls a game, exactly for one hundred and sixty-five yards and two touches. And look, I mean, I want him to have a tight end like Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. I mean, Cole Komet's a good blocking tight end right now, and I know I shat on him before, and I still he's still slow. He's still slow. He had a good game today. But, I mean, you're never going to see him in the conversation with guys like Gronk or Kelsey. No. I think we've seen enough to know that that's not going to be the case. I'm just saying, my thing is... But it goes in line with what you're saying. That's where draft picks come in. And look at the draft picks today that that made the most. I mean, yeah, Fields for sure. Herbert, good. Abner, good. Uh, Montgomery's a draft pick. Montgomery's draft pick had a nice game. Brisker has the interception. Gordon, Gordon interception. Gordon interception. Yep. I mean, one nearly picked interception for Gordon. That kid is going to be fucking dynamic, folks. Two punts tonight. Before we close out the night, two punts for the Bears tonight. I know you I, remember as well as I do the 16 punt night where Pat O'Donnell fucking died his hamstring. Yeah, he, he they actually he's dead. <laughs> Jimmy well, Clausen his killed career him. in Green Bay is yeah all dead. Can you as a Bears fan just ask yourself this? Take Can you as a Bears fan remember? 
when the Bears only punted the ball twice the entire game. Joe Buck said it, and I'm sitting here like, wow. And it was in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. I mean, look, again, are the Patriots uh, the, the Super Bowl champ contender we've seen every year? No, they're not. They're still a team that they matters. They were a playoff team just last year. Right. you got to remember that. And they're a team that matters. They're a team that's competitive. They have a coach that does, you know, that's competitive. Be happy with today's victory. Don't be like, well, we've got this and that. I mean, of course, you always have to look to the future. But to me, it's it's good to have this victory. It's awesome that they pulled this off. I'm very happy with the way it worked. So, Don't worry about today's victory. Be happy. All right. There you go. That's that's good enough for me. Pat down, you know what I mean? I'm worried. Need money. That's a Bobby McFerrin's second song nobody ever really listened to. Um, so I'm good. I'm I'm done. I'm make fairly happy with the results today. <laughs> <laughs> Any final thoughts? Uh, no. I'm picking Bears against Dallas noon game. Okay. Um, tight one. I'm gonna say uh, 24-17 Bears. If they can get, they can, they, I, I'm maybe not the most reliable source to pick this because I'm, I'm they, the <laughs> most homer motherfucker. I'm hey, always gonna pick the Bears. I picked, the, I picked the Pats tonight. Um, if they can get to Prescott, if they, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott has proven he's not gonna destroy you all the time. Um, I'm sure the Bears can stop Ezekiel Elliott if they can do those two things. These corners have proven they can shut down the pass. Yeah, they've. Played There's a reason well. Andy Jackson had no interceptions tonight because he doesn't get targeted. Yeah. Think about that. The Bears have had a turnover every single game this year so far. It's a brand new defense, brand new philosophy. You know, Eberflus is big on the turnover game. They've had a turnover every single game. It's so funny how like much they instill that kind of thing. You know, and guys, I think that the smart thing was getting rid of guys that were part of the old regime and just saying, we don't want you here anymore. We're moving on from you. Yeah, it sucks to lose guys that you like, like, Trevathan or Tariq Cohen, that kind of stuff. But those guys have to go to make things better for the future. You know what I mean? Trevathan wasn't doing anything anymore. Tariq Cohen was hurt Cohen all the time. Cohen, he, he was such an absent piece of the puzzle. Well, and I mean, that's because of bad injury. A really freak injury, that's, and that's unfortunate. But you get rid of guys that aren't going to do, that probably don't, that probably will fear change. Mac probably doesn't want to play on a team that's going to lose, so get rid of him. Um, like I said, if I if I have one final thought, Eberflus, he's done a really great job, three and four, really nice job this season. I'm fairly impressed with what he's done with what he has. I really am. I got to say, very impressed with the way he's he's coached this team so far. And my final thought will be momentum. This yeah. team has to carry this into Dallas. Yeah, I mean, look, it's gonna. It might be sloppy again, you know, this and that. But I don't. Again, I just don't. I think we're still. You know, I think the thing that pissed me off on that Minnesota game is that we thought the Bears could win that game. Same thing with the Washington game. The very end, that last drive, Fields made some stuff happen, and they couldn't get the touchdown. And the thing that sucks is that you really feel like they're just this close to making it happen. And Fields said it. He said, "I'm tired of being close. I want to win these games." I love it. 
I love that mentality. I really it do. It showed today. It showed. And he it was showed. tired of being close, and he fucking showed it by putting him ahead by three scores and mm-hmm. shutting him down. Yep, and he, he did. I, I And he said he was hoping for Monday. Oh, no, Roquan was hoping for Monday Night Football. So, look, look um, I, I just like the attitude of this team, and I, I want it to continue. And we've got, what, seven games in? Seven down, ten more to go. We're tied with Green Bay. Um, I mean, so we got Dallas. So bring on the bring on them Cowboys, I suppose. How about them boys <laughs> losing to the Bears? There you go. That was a Nico and Chris Bears post game wrap up podcast show featuring Nico and Chris. That was Nico. Oh, that was Chris. Uh, please make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NNC Bearscast, all lowercase. And make sure to look for Nico and Chris in your podcast finder so you can listen to the show. And uh, rate and subscribe if you feel like it. And, uh, you know, one last thing. Bear down, Chris. Nico, bear down.